Good afternoon, and welcome to Milestone Mondays. Uh, we have Irene Barron joining us again today. Yesterday, she told us a wonderful story about her book, Mary New, and all about marriage. And she's not only is she an author, but she's a photographer and an artist. And I understand she's done her own illustrations in her books. And uh, today, she's going to talk to us a little bit about uh, unraveling a Christmas star mystery and how she achieved that milestone of where she got to the writing that book and a little bit about her life up, up to that point of how to how she became interested in astronomy. So Irene, thank you for joining us again on Milestone Monday and I'll just turn it over to you and you can tell us about your book and uh, how you achieved that. The Christmas uh, star unraveling the Christmas star mystery. Yes. <laughs> this book is unraveling the Christmas star mystery. It should have just said Christmas star so everyone would know because a lot of people have no idea what the title is. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> I taught astronomy about 30 years or more. Um, having a fantastic astronomy professor in college, just lots of stories there, but I learned a lot about the sky. And in teaching astronomy, uh, I got from NASA information all the time, uh, lithographs, fact sheets, many different things. And to many of the different uh, NASA sites, especially JPL and the one in Cleveland, which, who's, which has a name change many, has been changed several times. But one time I came home from school and there was a package there, just an envelope, padded envelope. And when I opened it, it, it was, you know, from NASA. And I thought, well, gosh, what, the, what are they sending? I didn't order anything. And they have a wonderful educational system, which they, will, they sell and give out many, many things. Um, and this had like 30 NASA astronomy programs in it each on the black floppy disks, each one was a separate one. So there's a lot of floppy disks there. And I thought, wow, that is really neat. And I thought, my students are going to love this in astronomy because I would let them, when they had a study hall, as long as they were quiet, they could come into my classroom and use the computers along the wall. And they loved that because I had some really neat programs. It was all science. Mm -hmm. And the next day, there was another package from NASA and it had 38 programs. And I thought, 68 astronomy programs from NASA. I called and thanked them and the people in the education office. They said, we don't know anything about that. We have no idea. We didn't even know they existed. And I said, well, I didn't either. I didn't order them. I don't know who sent them. I would love to thank them. So I used these computers uh, programs for a while. And then I thought, no one has ever found the Christmas star. They found what they might be, but it was never right over Jerusalem, latitude and longitude. And I thought, what if I use these programs to find the Christmas star? And that's what I did. I found out that in ancient times, starting with the Babylonians, they didn't study the sky at night like the astronomers do now. So most all of the astronomers, I think every astronomer I know that, that thinks they found the Christmas star, they used the data for the nighttime, and, which is why it was never perfect. But I used the city of, 
uh, Bethlehem latitude and longitude for 6 a.m. through the year. So with 6 a.m., you know, it's pretty close. It would, it, would, it would find most things. So that's what I looked for. And when I set up the computer, uh, now with, with the computers that we have now, we can go two or 3,000 years in the future and know exactly for what time of night or day Jupiter is. Where is it? Where would you look in the sky? Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, you know, Mercury, uh, Venus. We know exactly where they are because their motions are so mathematically perfect, almost, but let's say mathematically perfect. And these ancient astronomers could also, with their high mathematical ability, and you don't think of Babylonian people as being brilliant, but they invented trigonometry. They invented angles. They invented the 360 degrees. They did a lot of inventions. Their, their mathematics was beautiful. Um, and they used a lot of symbols. So for everything they saw in the sky, they had symbols. So I looked through to see what would be found right above Bethlehem. It had to be something right above it because it's in the Bible it says right above it. And so I went back and back and back. And the, when it first started doing this, um, nothing showed up on the computer. I thought, why? Why would that? Why would nothing show up? And I thought, well, I'm going back 2,000 years. <laughs> that computer <laughs> take a long time to go back that far. So I thought, let me test this. So I, I did just, you know, 100 years, or I forget exact the exact number. I thought, well, I set my computer so that anything showed up on the screen, it would automatically print. So I hear the printer, I know something was on the screen. Otherwise, the screen was just blank. Mm -hmm. It would it just, just be a temporary thing. So it was uh, several hours I heard the printer go, and I thought, ah, it's working, all right. <laughs> I go to the printer and see what came out. So then I would go back a little bit more, you know, 500 years or 1,000 years, and finally I was going back 2,000 years, and I went like on either side of what they said, like if we started naming the years when Christ was born, year one, year two, or something. So it should be maybe within... 20, 30 years, I should be able to find a Christmas star. So, my, so I didn't come into a real narrow period of time. I, I opened that up for a long period of time. And I, I would go looking for something right over Bethlehem at 6 a.m. Latitude, longitude had to be perfect. And, and in astronomy, where you have your latitude and longitude lines, in astronomy, these are expanded into space. So if you take your latitude line just let that go up into space and and those are called right ascension and declination they just give them different names but they're the same lines they're just extended out into space so i i used the right ascension and declination that would be right over jerusalem and i found the christmas star and what was astonishing is before the christmas star there were nine events which using Babylonian symbolism, which was carried down two or 3,000 symbols and symbolism from Babylonian times to 2,000 years later to the birth of Christ times. So these people that studied the sky were considered the most brilliant people in the world. And right now, astronomers are considered extremely brilliant 
they are in mathematics. They have to be brilliant in mathematics. Right. Not me. <laughs> not a mathematician. <laughs> Art, physics, sports, you know, that was me in school. I, I Basic math I can do. You get into second year algebra, you know, trig, geometry, and all these things. And I thought, hmm, it's getting a little bit hard. So when I went to college and I had to take math as a science major, see, I didn't want to major in science. When my parents said I could go to college, I thought, oh, yes, I'm going to major in art. <laughs> and my father said, no, you can't do that. And I said, well, if I don't major in art, that's my best point. What would I major in? I know I was second. I was a girl athlete in school. I could major in phys ed. And my dad said, no, you can't major in phys ed. I can't major in art. I can't major in phys ed. What in the world am I going to major in? And my dad said, math or science? <laughs> math. <laughs> Sorry. I flunk out in math. So I took the lesser of two evils and went into science. So... My advisor was in charge of the chemistry department, so I had more chemistry than anything. I had, you know, the general chem, uh, advanced chemistry, uh, clear up to organic, inorganic. Uh, I had the inorganic, organic, quantitative, qualitative, all those. And when I hit organic chemistry, I thought, that was it. <laughs> no more. So a minor, maybe, in chemistry. But I took all the other sciences, including astronomy. Mm -hmm. And I had Professor Clark, who was, it was 80s, 83 or 4, and he taught astronomy for years. He said thousands of students he taught, you know, 10,000 students maybe in his lifetime in astronomy. And I was saying, I asked him, I said, you, you said... To be an astronomer, you have to be very brilliant in math. I said, how, how many of your students did you have in class that you thought could be an astronomer out of this 10,000? He said, oh, one or two. And I was just, wow. <laughs> so now, when you think back to ancient astronomers, if, if you were the king, the emperor, or whatever of a nation, you may not be the most brilliant person, but you would want the most brilliant person to give right. you advice. And this is who they looked to. These were the wise men. They were the astronomers. Mm -hmm. And when they, in, and there were like three, three different countries, and in this book I explain which countries, according to the Bible, and to where they're coming from and what the stars were like, I... I estimate what what countries they were from but let's say you were in a country where you had these wise men and they knew in four or five years that the most important god in the universe was going to be born the most important god in the whole universe ever 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 was going to be born whoa diplomatically you would want to be at that birth or, you know, give some gifts, you, you want to set it up. If he's going to be the most important God, you want your nation to be remembered. Right. <laughs> so they had to start planning, I'm sure, years in advance. They, they knew where it was going to be because they had the GPS marker. 
Lee Star, the, the first nine told what was, who was going to be born and how important that person was. Um, but the GPS marker was the last one, and that was the Christmas star. And it was so important that, you know, most people have no idea of astronomy. If, if Teresa, if I said tonight, if you go up and look at the stars, could you tell which were stars and which were planets? I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any clue. <laughs> I wouldn't have no and back then, they had no idea there were planets up there. They just knew that there were some stars that moved around the other ones. And it was, they could do it mathematically. They knew where they were going to be at, at any time. These, they were called the wandering stars. Well, those were the planets. But to them, everything up there was a star or was a god. And different, you know, when, when you died, you know, like in, in Egypt, the pharaohs would go up and become a god. But, but they were all, all those things up there were gods. Jupiter was a god, and Saturn was a god, and Mars, of course, the god of war, and Mercury, the god of speed, because it would go around the sun in 88 days. I mean, it was just, just phenomenal. So, they knew someone, the most important person ever to be born on this earth was going to be born. So then they have to prepare, well, what do you take to give as a gift to a god like that? Mm -hmm. How do you present it? What would, what would you wear? What would be appropriate to wear to go see this god, this most magnificent, it's a baby. It, you know, and in their minds, they're probably thinking it's going to be born in some huge castle building. Who knows what type of uh, facility this, this god is going to be born. Being a god, it's going to be born in some place fantastic. They had no idea what... That, that, that that child was going to be born in a cave. Mm -hmm. um, and it was, it's just phenomenal. The Babylonians had symbols and symbolism for everything, like three, 4,000 things. And this is what, that was the hard part. I realized, how would I know <laughs> if something was, was to have to do with Christ's birth? Mm -hmm. So then I had to study all these symbols and symbols. I just, whoa, 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 just until finally I, I realized some of those things were pertinent, some were not, and a lot of things got tossed off. Um, but there were nine things before the birth that announced who it was, what was going to be happening, and that was the phenomenal part because the actual Christmas star was just the position marker. So that's where the wise men headed. That was the position marker. That's where it was going to take place. So right above Bethlehem, latitude, longitude, as you extend those into space, right ascension, declination, they call them now. That's where the birth was. And they came from the east. And they ran into the shepherds. Uh, the shepherds were from the east too. So they probably ran into the shepherds and said, do you know where? And the shepherds having dinner says, yes. Right there, keep going, keep going. There's the star, you know. So they knew, they knew where it was and all about it. But it's just a phenomenal story. And in the book, I do, I printed off um, some of the pages that has. You can see from zero would be the ground level. Ninety is going up to right above your head, ninety degrees. That's how high these objects were in the sky, and. These were the computers. I can't see how that's going to look. These were 
to compare. Uh, and I couldn't back. I, I, I went ahead and copied these. Um, so those are drawings of the computer things. But I also put in, um, in this book, I had to have basic astronomy. Because if you read what happened in the sky, if you don't know astronomy, you would be lost. So this right. book has basic astronomy in it. So when you come across something that happened, it, it doesn't have everything in astronomy, but anything that happened in those birth stars for Christ, I made sure that you knew what that was about. So, so there's basic astronomy, but it, it refers to what happened before Christ was born. That so, is a very phenomenal milestone of, of discovering all this and, and writing that story. Uh, Kind of reminds me, you said that Larry knew, you probably didn't know when you went to college what all you could do, did you? <laughs> no. It's just, it's just amazing how God will just expand everything and, and you don't you don't have an inclination where it's going to end up with what stories you're going to have to tell you. Can, if you go to my website, irenebaron.com, Many of the blogs there, and their award-winning blogs, are astronomy. Mm -hmm. And there's some of us that just, whoa, just blow your mind. In 2013, I started an astronomy club in Zanesville, Ohio. And we have, uh, we had over 300 members until COVID, and a lot of them, so we had about 20 drop out. But um, we're, we're putting astronomy out. It's an affiliate of the NASA Night Sky Network which is wonderful because NASA provides us with lots of workshop activities, equipment, um, programs. And I have 30-some years of astronomy things <laughs> to pass out. So every time we have a meeting, like we're having one this Saturday, every time we have a meeting, I have a, you know, it's just a huge basket. Photographs, you know, actual photographs, lithographs, all kinds of stuff, which are probably worth big bucks, but I don't have time to figure that out. Yeah. So I just say, take one, and people are overwhelmed. There was this one gentleman. Um, I had a huge map that was probably three by four feet of Mars, and uh, on one side it was a huge picture of Mars. On the other side, we had many smaller pictures and and he was he was crying he said i can have this and he was looking at it and opening up i said yeah just take it if you want because <laughs> i wasn't going to use it anymore i gave workshops but i, I wouldn't need that one for a workshop yeah. uh, and he, he was just overwhelmed he said i never dreamed i'd ever have anything like this but some of the things i give them are historical and they know it and they i'm sure they take good care of them <laughs> So, well, thank you so much. This is so interesting. And again, like she said, go to her website, irenebaron.com, and I will be posting all the other links uh, where you can purchase this book as well and read some more about the story and, uh, and discovering the star and more about the Christmas star. So uh, thank you for joining us on Milestone Monday. And we will see Irene again on Wednesday. And we're going to switch gears a little bit because she has another interesting arena in her life where she's an aerial photographer. And so we'll hear more about her story then. So tune in on Wednesday. And thank you, Irene, for joining us. And we'll see you then. Bye.